Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. your engines it's time to talk about all things racing nascar indycar sports cars and formula one this is the final inspection show presented by the legendary great lakes dragaway in union grove now here's your host steve Saki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. We have some news we're going to uncover on Great Lakes regarding the weather coming up in just a moment. Nice. And also, David Hobbs Honda for the best in not only new, but also used car inventory. Make sure you check out David Hobbs Honda, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue. And did you know? That yours truly will be making an appearance with Mr. Hobbs next Saturday, the 25th. Yeah, down in Indianapolis. Indianapolis for, uh, I think they call it Legends Day. One of the fun events down in Indianapolis. Uh, It's the day before the 500. They probably get about 100,000 people there. But more than enough elbow room. And uh, probably the best memorabilia show uh, in the country, I, I, I think. Uh, just fantastic. Lots of stuff. You'll see stuff there that you might have probably never saw before. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Hobble will be there uh, with me and will be selling his book along along with some memorabilia and some Steve Zotke memorabilia. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Clear, You're going to have your book out, the out office. there. Yeah. Cleared out the office a little bit last night and going to do some more tonight. That sounds awesome. So, so I'm sure you'll have your Road America book out there. Um, might have a couple copies left. And uh, some movies Amazon. and stuff like that as well. Videos. The videos. Milwaukee Mall videos. So if you like vintage uh, Milwaukee Mall racing, stock cars. Remember the old Plymouth Superbirds, Dodge Daytonas, Dodge Chargers, whatnot. Norm Nelson, A.J. Foyt, Bobby Unzer, Roger McCluskey, all those guys. We have three videos for you. Nice. Covering 1960 through 1967. And then the most popular one is what we call Muscle Car Mania. It's 1968 to 72, so all the classic cars. And then uh, Stock Car Racing, 1973 to 76. And then we have the IndyCar uh, video, which is uh, the golden years of auto racing at Milwaukee, which covered 1955 to 1975 IndyCar Racing at Milwaukee. So a lot of fun. And a couple other videos, too. We have Yankee 300. Now, the Yankee 300, you know, IRP, Indianapolis Raceway Park, where they used to do the the Xfinity races. Back then, the Bush races, and that, then they moved it to the Speedway, and nobody went. <clears throat> and uh, But they also, not only did they have the drag strip where they have the U.S. Nationals, but they also have a road course. The road course is still there. 
And they actually ran IndyCar races there and stock car races there through uh, 1971 or two, I think, probably. Not nice. IndyCar. IndyCar only raced their first couple first couple of years in 1965 and six, but the stock cars raced there. And uh, they usually raced there the first weekend in May. That was a pretty kind of a big race. And uh, you'd have a lot, of, a lot of drivers. My dad went down there in 1964 and 66, some cool stuff down there because like drivers like Fireball Roberts was down there, Freddie Lorenzen. It was a, what they called FIA race. So uh, sanctioning, which means if you're a big hotshot driver, um, back back in the old days, drivers couldn't just race where they want. They were affiliated uh, with the, whether it was AAA or later USAC or NASCAR, Formula One. It was harder for them to switch series. Um, then that kind of opened up in the fifties and sixties when they said, you know, the FIA says, well, if you get if you get a FIA, um, uh, whatever, what's the word I'm looking for? Card or so, yeah, you whatever. Know. You know, it, it's approved by the FIA. None of the sanctioning bodies can bother the other drivers from racing it because those are usually big money races too. There's a pretty decent purse, and those guys back then were racing for their you know racing for their livelihood. Absolutely. So you'd have a lot of interesting uh, drivers and in, 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 at, at that. Your uh, 500 uh, mile IndyCar races for FIA events, uh, such as Indy, uh, Pocono, and Ontario, and then uh, like the Monaco Grand Prix, all the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans was FIA sanctioned. Uh, the Daytona 500 was FIA. And usually the fall Charlotte race. Okay. So, interesting stuff. Who'd you have to pay off to get invited to the quote-unquote legends event? Or are you just riding Hobbs' coattail on that one? For which one's that? For uh, the memorabilia show down in oh, Indy. Oh, we're, we're just, anyway, it's open for anybody. But they, they have what they call Legends Day because they bring back a lot of the drivers for autograph sessions and whatnot. So it's pretty cool. You know, they have all sorts of... Uh, autograph sessions for fans, all sorts of stuff. There's a, uh, they're going to have a, uh, a vintage IndyCar display, and uh, they'll be running the cars uh, on the track on Saturday. So just a lot of, lot of things to do, concerts. Uh, I think they have, uh, well, that's Carb Day. Carb Day they have um, the one country guy. My wife is pounding the steering wheel in frustration right now. You should know that. I don't know. Uh, There's so many of I them. Know. They all um, sound the same. No, it's actually the guy I like. Oh, this will narrow it down. Eric Church? The guy with the beard. Oh, yeah. The guy Chris with Stapleton? the bushy beard. No, the guy with the bushy beard. Nah, who knows? Uh, It'll come up to me in a second. Well, okay, I'm good. I'm glad I didn't miss an email uh, with you, you know, getting enshrined into the Legends Club, or I would have had to roll out the red carpet today, so I'm glad I didn't <laughs> miss that. that uh, but that sounds like one heck of a uh, memorabilia show. That'll be awesome. Should be a lot of fun. So, you know, so yet another uh, Memorial Day weekend, you're down getting wined and dined uh, with all the high society members in Indianapolis, and I'm slumming it up here by myself, huh? I'll be sending you interviews. That's great, Steve. (laughs) An invitation would be better, but, you know, yeah, I'll I'll take an an interview or two. You're always (laughs) welcome. You're always welcome. Yeah, somehow I think Mrs. Zaki would uh, put the kibosh on that one. Nah, your better half she likes you she met me once she well, uh see, she that's hates why me. she still likes you well yeah probably usually by the third time is when i really start to annoy people 
They are qualifying at Indianapolis. They are. What TV uh, channel is that on? Uh, it's not on TV right now. Well, why the be... hell is it not? Well, okay. All right. I was getting e- I'm getting these text messages. Where's qualifying? Where's qualifying? Here's the deal. They have what they call NBC Gold. This is the future of sports, just so you know. This is how things are going to happen because they have PGA Gold, too. So the more and more stuff that ends up on uh, – NBC uh, for golf, this this happens. So basically what it is, it's awesome. If you're into that sport, it's really cool. So they had all the practices on NBC Gold. Now, it's like 50 bucks. Oh, they're 55. No, it's $50 up until like May or April, whenever it was. Then it went up to 55 And then lo and behold, May came around and, oh, it's on sale, 39 So I got in, I got in for a good price. And no, there is no media pass. Uh, <clears throat> not that, not that I would check about that. I'm not that cheap. <laughs> but there is no media pass. But it's really cool. It's just like TV, and the streaming is so good now. They really, everybody, you know, all, all the, it, it's it is like TV. Hook it up to your, uh, hook it up to your smart. If you have a smart TV, you can just click onto the uh, app, or if you have an older TV, you just put it on your laptop and then put in a. Uh, uh, HD cable, hook it up to your uh, monitor, boom. But it's it's really cool. I like it. Now they're going to have the qualifying on for an hour today, the end of it, on NBC Sports Network. Okay. And then tomorrow it's on TV, uh, some of it, not all of it. But this is, see, this is the this is where it gets tricky. So you, do you, you want to have it on TV? But then you don't want the people that are buying the NBC Gold to say, well, why is it all, if you know, if it's on TV, then maybe I don't. They have to justify it. So by not having all the qualifying on TV, they're justifying you buying it. Now, whether you agree with it or not, all I know is everybody who's bought it loves it. Oh. So if you really love IndyCar racing, is is it worth the 40 bucks? I think it is. All right. Well, you know, that's... You know, it's crazy, and, you know, obviously it's a reaction to everybody cutting the cord and everything like that. But, uh, you know, between Netflix and Hulu and now with, you know, Indiegogo and PGA Go and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, you know, it just seems like you're still going to be paying out the rear end to to get the sports that you want. Well, and and this is what's happening in the world of sports. A lot of it is people are getting – it's, well, here's the thing. The younger audience, are they as in tune into sports as we are? Somewhat, yes, but there's others that aren't. And there's others that aren't watching it on TV. They're either going to the events. The Bucks is an interesting situation. There's a lot of people who are Bucks fans right now. But how many of those people were Bucks fans earlier last year, two years ago? And they're down in, in, the, in you know, outside watching it making it's great optics fantastic optics for milwaukee but how many of those people are going to be watching you know a game next year you know in november right so i you know it's it may this may work it may not work but it, it is the future though i i really i really think it is whether whether we like it or not for me i mean it's 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 if you and your wife go out for a fish fry that's how much it costs. Yeah, that's not bad. No. That's not bad. 
I don't do the fish fry thing. Uh, you know, unless you can go out for dinner. I mean, or I, I, I you know, it's it's. I, I I've seen I've seen the remarks on on Facebook and on social media. Oh, this is you know, but I got some buddies that are not happy about it. But well, ninety percent of social media is just people complaining. That is true. So you know. The only reason why half these people have Twitter is just a complaint. <laughs> and uh, it drives you nuts after a while. And uh, it takes, you know, takes a lot of the fun out of it. And, well, you know, it's it's kind of sad. Here's the deal. Everybody's been complaining about, oh, I don't know where to look for the IndyCar race. I don't know where to look for this or that. And they, they've simplified it. Now it's pretty much going to be, you know, the big races are going to be on NBC. You know, the Indy 500 and that, which has been doing a lot of promotion. The Indianapolis Grand Prix had, had like 60% upkick in ratings over ABC last year. Yeah, that's awesome. That is huge. And I, I've been telling people, NBC or IndyCar is looking to do what NBC has done for the Kentucky Derby. Because where was the Kentucky Derby 10 years ago? Yeah, I watched it, but it wasn't it wasn't nearly what it is today. Exactly, it's really gone through a resurgence, and that's what they're hoping. That's what IndyCar is hoping that NBC, and that's what NBC is promising to do. So now you have some of the stuff on NBC Sports Network, which is which has been accumulating a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. So this is a it's kind of for them. It's a way for them to say. Okay, well, we can't put everything on, on, on NBC Sports. We've got NASCAR, especially when they take over NASCAR. They have, you know, other, they have all their, their soccer stuff, their European football stuff, all these other sports that they're, they're covering. This is a way for them to say, well, we will cover it for you, and, and here's where you can find it. Yeah, and, you know, it's good, but there will come, a, you know, there will come a time where you'll have people who sign up for Indigo, NASCAR Go, uh, whatever it well, is, and they're paying this money, and they're not going to feel like they're getting their money's worth. Because, you know, like I said, everybody, all they do is complain nowadays, so no one's happy. And they're going to sit there and claim that NBC is taking their money for the Indigo and using it to pay for Sunday night football or, you know, something like that. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's going to be messy down the road. But this is also the future of sports because the networks are not going to be able to recoup that money through commercials anymore, eventually. Because more as the ratings go down, so does your pricing for the commercials. Yeah. And, 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 and your businesses are going to realize that. Well, yeah, but it's also, you know, the NFL and all these well, so other organizations count- aren't going to get the same contracts that they've gotten no. lately either. Except for maybe the NFL. The, the NFL is, is just is its, its own separate entity. Right. But when you look at NBC Sports Gold, you, you look, they have uh, something called the Diamond League in Shanghai. It looks like track and field. So there's people that are into that, believe it or not. Now this is their place where they can get it. I mean, if especially if your daughter has a scholarship somewhere, now you can watch her on TV whenever you want. Right. Uh, a lot of rugby. A lot of rugby on NBC Gold. They have a lot of soccer. Uh, Telemundo Deportes, which is a lot of soccer. And, um, boxing. and they, a lot of boxing. Yep, yep. So... 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff on here. And it's a, if you're into this, motocross is on here. Uh, let's see here. What else they have? Uh, and bicycling. A lot of bicycle sports and premier and whatnot. So it'll be interesting. Let, let's do this. Let's uh, let's talk to uh, Dennis Michelson, D-Mike Media. He's somebody that's, that's kind of in tune to what's happening in the world of media, especially with, with some of his other sports that he deals with. What you, I guess you could call them fringe sports, but that, but they're rising sports, and and everybody's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like crabs crawling out of a pail. Everybody's trying to get to the top and and get noticed. And this is right now, this is a great time for these sports because there's there's opportunities for them to get noticed. So let's let's go take a break. Let's talk to I want let's bring Dennis Michelson into this conversation. And we'll see just where is the world of sports and sports television. Uh, going in the next uh, 10 years or so. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway, which will, when we come back, we'll give you the update on Great Lakes Dragway and their weather uh, update, and then also David Hobbs Honda. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by... David Hobbs Honda. Make sure you check out David Hobbs for all the best in new and used cars. And also the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And we have an update, weather update. So regarding today, the junior uh, dragsters are going to run today eight uh, from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. Regular and test and tune will occur uh, afterwards until 9 p.m., of course, weather permitting. The Summit Super Series, which is scheduled for this weekend, uh, has been canceled due to the high chance of rain in the forecast. So the Summit Super Series with uh, for tomorrow has been canceled, and for today, today and tomorrow is canceled. But let's say with some windows and you can, uh, there is some uh, chances that they can run tomorrow. They will do an open test and tune, weather permitting tomorrow. Nice. And also regarding the weather, we had uh, Badger Midgets, and uh, Badger Midgets also. Uh, has been uh, canceled. Uh, and where is that little update? The problem is nowadays, and Dennis, I'm sure you can tell me, is you get too many emails from all these organizations. Your 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 email box is full of updates and this and that. <laughs> and you're looking at your inbox. You're going, okay, I just saw this a second ago. And let's see here. Brian Kapinski, Brian Kapinski, where are you? Here he is. All right. Weather claims Angel Park opener on Sunday. So uh, previous rain showers and projected weekend uh, rain at Angel Park Speedway is forced to cancellation of Sunday's Tony Stewart Sprint Spectacular featuring the IRA bumper-to-bumper sprint car series. Uh, co-sanctioned event with the Badger Midgets. And also, I guess, uh, yesterday was canceled. I think it was yesterday we were running at Wilmont, too, so... Just a soggy, soggy day. It's it's not bad now. The temperatures are rising. It's a little overcast uh, up here, Dennis. But uh, just a, just last night we had a lot of rain, and and for somebody who has been trying to comp- mow his 
lawn completely other than just the dry patches. It's been a struggle, hasn't it, Dennis? Yeah, it's been crazy. And, you know, I know a lot of these short track series. I know Steve Sinclair for my RA Outlaw Sprints was uh, getting a lot of flack earlier. But the biggest problem they have is getting equipment in and out of the tracks right now mm-hmm. because the infields are so doggone muddy because they've just not had a chance to dry. You know, they just get so much rain and so much rain and so much rain. And there's only so many places that rain can go. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing a, um, a track in, uh, uh, down in Missouri, I think it was Missouri, posted a picture a while ago, uh, a few weeks ago, when they were having troubles with rain. They called the rain out real early, and one of the, uh, some of the competitors were complaining on social media so they posted a picture of the track, and the water was about a foot and a half up the uh, retaining walls. Wow. And it was totally full in the track. And the guy said, what exactly do you expect me to do? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be dry by tomorrow. You know, and it's, that's the big problem is everybody says, oh, it's dirt track. You know, you don't, you're going to put water on it anyway. You don't put that much water on it. you got to turn the track after the rain stops. And Getting a track set up, man, it's got to be safe for the competitors. But, again, there was a track in Indiana that tried to run uh, a few weeks ago. They got the event in, and then they had to pull uh, a bunch of the uh, uh, of the uh, competitors' tow vehicles out of the track later because the track was fine, but there was so much mud in the, you know, in the pit areas that they just had to get a whole batch of tow trucks to get them out. So, you know, these – promoters are trying to do the right thing and in the case of uh, ira and uh, and badger uh, out there at angel park that's a good call because that track does not dry very quickly and it's taken a lot of water already and more on the way um you know when when series and promoters try to be proactive and save guys money they complain about that yet if they show up at the gate and they wait six hours to cancel then they complain about that. That's the worst job in racing. Yeah, we got some breaking news from Indianapolis, too. A uh, pretty uh, significant crash for James Hinchcliffe, who was made uh, made a lot of news uh, when he missed a race. And, and uh, now, once again, turn two has been the trouble spot for most of the drivers all weekend, and especially today, too, a little bit of a crosswind. But this one looks like he just his entrance into turn two seemed to be just a tad high. And uh, it, the car got loose a little bit and smacked the wall. It did a half spin, hard impact on the left side. And it was kind of similar uh, with two uh, Rosenquist accidents. The car kind of got up in the air a little bit and it actually came yeah. down on this rear, broke the gearbox, and then the gearbox flamed up. And it quite, quite spectacular. Good news, he walked away from the accident, but... Uh, you know, these guys are on the edge and qualifying at Indianapolis. You're trying to get every tenth of a second. In fact, uh, right now, you're talking, you know, the difference between first and second, a couple thousandths of a second. So these guys are pushing it. And, and you know, as the temperature goes high, higher and higher, Dennis, it tracks it to a little greasier and greasier. And it, it certainly caught an experienced driver uh, like Hinchcliffe off. And uh, certainly frustrating for him, isn't it? pretty crazy that when you look at the timing and scoring right now from Indy, the top two guys, and this is for a four-lap total at Indianapolis, so that's what? My math. Four laps, right, 10, 10 miles. miles. Yep. 
to over 10 miles, they're 11 one-thousandths off of each other right now. That's, that's insanity. Plus, when I saw those speeds of 230, um, you know, earlier today, my, my initial thoughts were just let's bring them all home alive. I just get so worried when I see Indy cars topping, you know, 225 to 230 for a lap, it starts getting me worried. Those things do turn into missiles. I know they got a lot of downforce. I know that uh, new car is as safe as they can possibly make an open-wheel car. But it, me as a, as a fan of open-wheel racing, I get real nervous when they're doing that speed at Indy. Well, these cars, you know, they, they've actually taken some downforce out, and uh, they've increased the horsepower. And, it, I mean, these are kind of – and it, it – you know, I've been saying my man, my mantra has been all year that you know these it it should look difficult to the to this man on TV. Yeah. You know, look watching it on TV or for someone in the stands, anybody who's been paying attention on what's going on at Indianapolis this week, it's difficult, especially when you have a guy like Fernando Alonso who who took to Indianapolis like a duck to water two years ago, and now this year has been just struggling so much and and had an incident on Wednesday. And they finally got the car up, and they, they just wanted to get a lap in uh, this you know this morning, and it's the slowest or second from slowest so far. So, yeah, it's it's not easy, is it, to make the field in Indianapolis as it should be though? No, it should be a test, and it should be tough, and it should be all those things. But it also can be all those things at 220 miles an hour with the right package, right. you know. And granted, at 220, you know, maybe you're not a whole lot safer. Maybe it's just my mentality, but when I see that magic number of 230, I'm I'm just thinking takeoff speed if these cars get in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Going forward, they're not going to take off, but you turn them sideways, you turn them backwards, and all of a sudden, all those downforce items on the car, it works so well in the right direction. I always worry about what they do uh, when they're going backwards because that's something you can't really test for. Um, until you get a guy squirrely in the right conditions. And it is blustery out there today, too. So Mm -hmm. um, you've got all of these things. But, hey, this is why Indianapolis is the best track in the world. Um, You know, you know I'm a NASCAR guy. You know I've been critical of of the races uh, that NASCAR has been putting on at Indy. But when it comes to uh, tracks in in the world – there's no place like Indianapolis and, you know, the competitors. I talked to Brian Bellardi from Bellardi Auto Racing uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said he gets that same feeling that us fans and us media guys get. I mean, how many years have you been going to Indy, Steve, and you go through that tunnel, you still get those goosebumps. You still have the excitement. You can, you know, you show up on a day – when there's not even cars on the track yet, and you hear the ghost of cars pass. I mean, I know it sounds cliche. I know it sounds weird, but that's what that place does to everybody. And, you know, it should be tough, and it is tough. And these guys are and ladies are amazing to be able to do the speeds they're doing. Hey, what's the feedback you've been hearing on uh, this NBC Gold package with, uh, you know, pretty much unlimited, if you sign up for it, you get basically unlimited IndyCar coverage whenever you want it. Yeah, and here's the thing is I understand why they're doing it, and I think it's a great idea to expand the package versus what you typically get. 
So if there's practice, if there's qualifying from a, you know, a race that is of less significance than the Indianapolis 500, I think it's a great idea for the fans, and it's priced affordably for the fans, in my opinion. But there's just some things that are pure. Qualifying at Indy should be on TV because NBC should be pumping up the excitement for race day. I want to see huge numbers for their race day crowd for the Indy 500. The only way to get that, and it's been proven through racing series forever, through all kinds of sports forever, you know, the years ago in, in the Chicago market, you know, old man Wirtz wouldn't give away any home games on TV right. for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And he sold about half of the places, you know, half of the tickets when the team was in fact great. Then all of a sudden, Rocky Wirtz puts the games on TV. Even this year when the team struggled, they didn't have any problem attracting fans because when you give it to the fans, you get them hooked. Once you got them hooked, they want to be there. And, you know, I understand what NBC is doing, but um, I also understand there's a lot of NBC channels out there. Park it on, you know, CNBC or something instead of an infomercial. Keep the gold package for your other stuff and maybe even combine it with IMSA so we can have a combination package between Indy and IMSA. Um, but, yeah, I, when it comes to Indy qualifying, that's where I draw the line on these pay packages. You know, I'm watching, uh, they just interviewed Hinchcliffe. He got released from the infield care center and they just showed him getting out of the car. And it's, it's interesting, you know, the, the guys, you know, the drivers are, are quote unquote uninjured, but every one of them who's, who's had a significant impact with, well, actually every impact has been a significant impact so far this year has, they've all said this pretty much the same thing is, wow, that was an incredible incredible hit and i'm sure these guys are it's one of those you might not even feel the next day but i'm sure that second day they must be sore because uh you know anybody who's been even just in a basic car accident you know on the street you feel it but these guys are the the amount the the g-forces they're 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 hitting uh and the impact now obviously these guys are are almost close to world-class athletes especially in the indycar side but, uh, oh, speaking of which, uh, did you see the photo of Lewis Hamilton without his shirt uh, that was on uh, making its rounds on uh, social media yesterday? I try to avoid pictures I, of drivers without well, their shirt. If, 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 if you ever, you know, if they, they talk about, you know, uh, he, this, this guy ain't Jimmy Spencer, let's put it that way. <laughs> the dude is cut. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. He, he has no problem going to a beach and taking off his shirt. Let's put it that way. No, and, and nor should he. Uh, all <laughs> these uh, drivers in open wheel, um, you know, whether it's F1, whether it's IndyCar, whether, you know, any of the Indy or any of the open wheel series, they're going to places like Pit Fit and, and mm-hmm. that and really working not just on workouts to keep in shape, they're focusing on workouts that are specific to the action of driving a vehicle in a high downforce, high G situation. The, the technology, the, the, the people that have gotten really smart on how to build these programs are turning these guys into super athletes. You know, gone are the days when you'd, you know, you'd see your, your favorite driver 
you know, chomping on the uh, on the burrito before hopping in the stock car and, <laughs> you know, having a cigarette during the pace laps. You know, those days are gone in all forms of racing, but especially in open wheel. I miss those days, Dennis. <laughs> that, those are my kind of days. That's my kind of driving. You know, I don't care if I look like Tony Stewart back in his fat days. I'd I'd have no problem whipping my shirt off at the beach. You know how big his bank account is? You know, I don't think the ladies have a problem either. You got a couple rolls, but you got 12 zeros at the back of a number in your checking account. They'll get over it real quick. Hey, for a picture at the beach with your shirt off, you can suck the belly in long enough. They almost look good. Absolutely. I've been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> I'm told there's a lot of filters out there that will even make you look skinnier. But I've, oh, that's a, that, I've, never had, I've never had to use it myself. That's, that's another story in itself, those filters. I just yeah. take a marker and I draw a six-pack on my big fat gut, and uh, if I suck it in, it sort of looks passable. Yeah, heck with six packs, man. That's so old. That's so minor league. You know, I I work out so much. I got a half keg. See, <laughs> I got a full one. So we're getting close. <laughs> on that on that note, let's take a quick break, and when we come back with Dennis Michelson, we'll talk a little uh, Winston Open. Remember that Winston Open, uh-huh. and uh, uh, we got the All Star race this weekend, and uh, we'll talk a little Charlotte racing at, and and All Star racing and and some other stuff coming up next on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway and david hobbs honda final inspection final inspection now dennis michelson of d mike media is here to give us the inside track on nascar and the world of short track racing Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Ob's Honda. Some more breaking news. The entry list for the final Hoosier 100 at the Indiana Fairgrounds has been released, and it is a doozy. 42 cars, Dennis, are entered for the Hoosier 100. Oh, and that's going to be the last one at the state fairgrounds. Too. Yes, it is, and uh, there are a lot of. And I, one would, I would guess, or you could add uh, probably a, a couple more. So I know one fellow yeah. that's working on uh, getting his car ready, and if the right comedy, you know, if he can get the engine, and well, that's the big thing in in Silver Crown racing is you know finding yeah, motors. Pretty, pretty and, crazy to see forty-two cars on an entry list in silver crown remember what it was it about almost like 10 years ago it almost looked like that series was on the way out yep and now they're doing so so well we uh just had a feature uh georgia henneberry who does some wonderful media work uh in a on a, a site called flowracing.com where you can watch all the usac races a bunch of them from mm-hmm. around the country um georgia was on to talk usac racing and that's the one thing I was really amazed at when I looked at how well the Silver Crowns have been doing. They're just they're putting on a great show everywhere, but they're also getting car counts that are like the heyday of of Silver Crown. Remember when they were racing on Thursday Night Thunder on ESPN, and we saw this this kid by the name of Jeff Gordon running, and you know it just 
it, it really is a throwback to what that series used to be, and they're uh, they've really recaptured the glory of those silver crowns. That's for my money. That's uh, those the silver crowns and also the midgets and USAC are still uh, some of my favorite racing. They uh, and look for uh, silver crown to come to the Milwaukee Mile next year. That's if yeah. everybody gets their arse out to the Milwaukee <sighs> Mile and put their fanny in the stands. Uh, Father's Day weekend, so want to make sure you guys yeah. get out there and see some racing and prove to the powers to be that, yes, racing can survive at the Milwaukee Mile. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have four series there, including vintage indie cars. It's going to be a lot of racing, a lot of things going on in and around the track. The weather should be great, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And if you're a father and, well, my wife is good, no. It's Father's Day, right, Jeff? You got that right. You decide what you want to do. Yep. It, uh, I got my tickets. I'm bringing my three kids, and, uh, you know, we'll be out there. I can't wait. It's going to be a ball. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, bring the kids. Get them uh, uh, indoctrinated <laughs> into the world of racing. Don't and, get uh, stuck going to the zoo. You know, come on. You can do that any day that of is the a week. Good point. Yep. Don't get caught doing something lame like that. It's your day. Uh, do what you want and, uh, and get, you know, bring the old lady, bring the kids out to the track and, uh, and have a good time. Should be a lot of fun. Dennis, when was the last time you saw a silver crown race? Oh my goodness. Um, well, don't say that you're supposed to say, Oh, I got last year. I was just, uh, no, no, it's, it's been about four or five years. Oh, that ain't too bad. Silver crowns in, in person. Yeah. Yeah. When you say, Oh my goodness, I'm thinking, you know, 1970s or something. No, no. Wasn't that long ago, but it was, (laughs) it was good four or five years ago. Um, and you know, it's terrible. You, here's the problem is it covers so many different kinds of racing that you sometimes kind of get one of them lost in, in the shuffle. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's now, now if flowracing.com and USEC want to hire me to be a pit reporter or help with the coverage of the races, I would never miss a silver crown race again. I would love to see that, (laughs) but you know, getting back onto the, uh, I don't want to call it pay-per-view. What's, what's the word I'm looking for, Jeff? NBC, or, NBC, you know, Gold, streaming but feed. They have, yeah, the streaming feeds. and that. I got a buddy of mine. Guy's a hardcore dirt car, uh, dirt racing fanatic, and had some health issues. And he's on the road to recovery. But, you know, it, this is great. It's a way for him to watch a lot of the USAC races, see races at Eldora, you know, it's the Chili Bowl, all the preliminary races. At, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's out there. And to be honest, you know, not, not every – especially – not everybody is a, a well-funded retiree who can jump in his RV and go to, you know, 120 races a year. Yeah. You know, um, it's got some positives, but it's also got a ton of negatives, too. And yeah. I'm with Dennis. You know, the big stuff, indie qualifying, all that just belongs on TV. It just does. Yeah, and and here, here's the thing. I'm all for pay-per-views if they help give us coverage versus no coverage. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Um, with our, with our uh, Frisbee football guys, we wanted to expand our coverage from just one game of the week to a standard place where everybody could see every game that was played. And we couldn't do it for free. But for 10 bucks a month, are you kidding me, 30 bucks for the whole season, you can watch every game from all around the country. There's 12 games showing tonight. Same thing on Lucas All TV. 
a subscription there. I believe is like 99 bucks for the year. You know, uh, the USAC uh, subscription is about the same. It's like a hundred and something. But when you look at equating it out to how many races you get to see, it's like a buck 75 a race uh, when it comes to the USAC uh, streaming. And you wouldn't get to see them otherwise. Mm-hmm. So w- will I pay that? You bet your butt I will, because I get to see stuff that I that I wouldn't otherwise get to see. And, you know, that's great. That's the position for streaming video. To, and, hey, it comes without commercials for the most part on a lot of these uh, feeds as well. That's kind of good. But, you know, there's just some things that should be pure. That's That's where I draw the line. All right. Very good. Uh, this weekend, of course, is the NASCAR All-Star Race, at, and Courtney Force is waving the green flag for a Graham Rahal's qualifying attempt. All about that. <laughs> That's so, different. Yeah, it is different. Uh, and we got Clint Boyer, one to pull for tonight's All-Star Race with Kyle Busch alongside. And we got, um, let's see here. So we got 15 drivers, and then we have four drivers that have to race their way in. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this, you know, preparing for the show today and i always when when you go back to the open which is sometimes the better of the two races the old winston open which for the drivers to get in is it daniel hemrick i think is uh yeah, yeah is on the pole for the open race which i think jeff might be talking to next week yeah so stay tuned for that but uh I, dick trickle when he won that that uh winston open many years ago i think he was running the kelly arborough car if i recall that I mean, yeah, good old Charlotte, the trap arc starting. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte was going nuts. They loved it, you know. And it, it's just, uh, what 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 are some of your uh, uh, memories of the All Star Race, Dennis? Well, I you know when I think of this event, and thank you T Wayne uh, Robertson from Winston yes. for for putting this whole nutty idea together. Um, I remember the first one under the lights because that was at that point the largest sporting event crowd to an event that was held at night. Was that 92? 92, 133 plus, 133,000 plus people in the stands. And that, you know, infield was packed too. I mean, it was nuts. It was one hot night is how it was. Yes. And, And you had, you know, an epic finish with Dale Earnhardt of all people getting spun out of the way instead of spinning somebody out of the way. And then you, of course, have the winner who basically went to the infield care center and said, Was that Davey Allison, right? Davey Allison crashed after the the race. And, uh, you know, I've got a Sam Bass piece on my wall uh, commemorating that because that was then the cover for the 600 the following year. But um, just that race, I remember the anticipation. It was like we never seen these cars at night at Charlotte before. It was huge. What is this yeah. going to be like? Yeah, and, and, and that's that's the one that really stands out to me. And over the recent years, if I try to think back over the last, like, 15 years to see another race, it was probably the race that, that Jeff Gordon ended up winning when he crashed on the first lap and they let him go to a backup car because the rain came. Um, that controversy <laughs> – was the only other uh, more recent uh, race that really has has hit. But, man, they're throwing everything at it this year. 
um, they've got a whole new uh, aero scheme again. So we have no idea how these cars are going to act. They've got these little vents on the hood. Not even sure what the heck the idea on that is. It was supposed to keep the engine compartment cooler, and the engines have been running warmer, so not exactly doing what it what it intended. But they put a little lip on the front splitter that's supposed to make clean air not as important. If this works, they're going to do it. Every, they should do it everywhere. Exactly on the big tracks. But you know, I, I don't know. Everything they've tried in the rule package, um, you know, they try to to put a band aid on a big cut. Um, you know, I've been screaming it for, for a long time now, about two years. Take the splitters off and see what happens. But uh, I give it to NASCAR. They're trying things. But, um, yeah, it should be a pretty exciting show tonight. Yeah, all-star race tonight, 600 next week. Uh, I want to get your comment on some uh, – or your opinion on some comments here by Denny Hamlin. He was asked, does the sport still need a 600-mile race? And Denny Hamlin responded, no. The sport doesn't need any particular thing. I don't think that anything is totally necessary. If the race were 300 miles, you're going to have the same core group watch the race and probably more that are interested because it's not five hours long. Then he was asked, is there any part of the tradition that you like? Hamlin's answer, tradition, schmradition. It's whatever. All sports adapt and change. I hate it when people say, well, that's the way it always was. Things are different. I'd be just as happy with a Coke 300 trophy as a Coke 600, to be honest with you. I'm for whatever, but I certainly know that from my friends, they choose to come to All-Star Week and not 600 Week because it's just too long and they don't want to sit here for five hours. What are your thoughts on those comments, Dennis? First of all, I have never, ever heard a fan who is at the race complain that a race is too long. Um, fans are getting their money's worth for a long race. Here's the reason it's 600 miles. It's supposed to be an endurance test for the manufacturers. That's what it was intended no, to be. No, Dennis, you're full of it. It's because they wanted to upstage the Indy 500. The only they reason why it was 600, they said they wanted it bigger than Indy. That's all. But that's why we have five and six hundred mile races. Yeah, they wanted to upstage the Indianapolis five hundred by having another hundred miles. But the reason that a race is five hundred miles and didn't start out as a two hundred mile dash is because it was supposed to be an insurance test mm-hmm. of equipment. It was supposed to be a test of the manufacturers and the drivers' ability to keep it going for that long. That's why we had a five hundred mile race in the first place. And you're right, making it six hundred just added another factor to to kind of upstage. But the whole idea over a long race like the 600 is to be an endurance test. Here's the problem when you get a driver like Denny Hamlin mouthing off like this, very popular with the younger crowd because they don't care about tradition. The older fans, the more loyal fans of NASCAR are the ones that care about tradition, and you're just slapping them in the face. Well, I, I think I think NASCAR is in a kind of perilous, you know, position here when it comes to trying trying to keep their core fans any more, uh, uh, you know, any, any more leaving. And I think, uh, you know, that's a good point about the six hundred. I, I I think you should, uh, you know, if, if it's six hundred, fine. You know, I mean, it's it's one race, and it's 
Memorial Day weekend, you know, it, it's on a Friday night. You got a holiday the next day. You know, why not? But it is interesting. It, it's an interesting point because, I mean, you there are they're, they're fans in the stands. God bless them. But I would have a hard time sitting on a, a aluminum bleacher or seat for, uh, you know, five hours. You know, it's one thing when you have uh, uh, these four-hour IMSA races in that at Road America or – or, or, or the longer races at Road America or Road Atlanta or Sebring, but a lot of those guys are on camp. You know, they're, they're camping out, so they're kind of spread out on lawn chairs and kind of relaxed. There's 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 room to move. Where at a NASCAR race, if you're packed into a seat, you know, you're kind of stuck where you're at. Yeah, but we've all seen yeah, but- the TV coverage the last uh, couple years. No one's packed in anymore anywhere. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. Average speeds of the race have gone up. The speed of the cars have gone up. Back in the day when they first started running the 600, it would take five hours because your average speeds of the race were so much slower because the cars were so much slower. Now you're doing almost 200 miles an hour uh, top speed, not for lap speed, but for a top speed at Charlotte where, you know, back when they started the 600, 150 miles an hour was the top speed. So, the speeds have gone up. The average time of the race has actually dropped. So to say that we need to all of a sudden shorten up is just the, the common excuse that's being made. I think there should be one or two real good endurance tests every year. Some of the common races, though, I don't have a problem with lowering those from 500 to 400 miles or even 350 or whatever you want to choose but keep some of the traditional races the same. Steve, could you imagine the uproar if all of a sudden Indianapolis Motor Speedway said, you know, to fit into a tighter TV window, we're going to make the 500-300 next year. Could you imagine the uproar over that? Oh, it'd be pandemonium. And But uh, I, I, I'm hey, leave it 600, leave the Indy 500 600 or 500, I mean, but I, I think, uh, well, we'll see what happens in two years. I, I think you're going to see a lot of changes in NASCAR. We've been saying this on the show for, for a year or two now. It'll be interesting to see. I, I just, I just there, there's going to be a, if people who don't like change who, who are living on this earth are, are going to be very frustrated in the next few years, or and especially <laughs> over the next 10 years, because there's going to be some real fundamental changes in a lot of things whether it's transportation, communication, sporting events, entertainment, all along. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, 10 years coming up. So, uh, Dennis, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. What's what's the latest at D-Mike Media? Well, some cool interviews uh, this week. Uh, like I mentioned, we went USAC, which, of course, is one of the longest-lasting sanctioning bodies in the world. And then we also featured the Heartland Auto Racing Tour which is starting up with their inaugural season. So once again, on our Business of Speed show, we're trying to show both extremes and, of course, another edition of Wildfire Fever, uh, taking the inside the world of uh, of the Chicago wildfire including exclusive audio from my bus trip to Pittsburgh, which uh, included the bus breaking down. So uh, that's uh, (laughs) worth the price of admission, even if you're not an Ultimate Frisbee fan. But if you're not an Ultimate Frisbee fan, you know, what what the heck's wrong with you? Do we get to hear you sing on that bus, Dennis? Because that's worth the price of admission there, too. 
I do sing a couple of verses. Nice. Yes. So head uh, over right. to gmikemedia.com. Look for Wildfire Fever, the latest episode, and uh, you will get to hear me sing. <laughs> I love it. Sweet. Dennis, are you going to be in Indianapolis next week? I will be in Indianapolis several days next week. I'll be there for, uh, for practice on Monday if all things go right and the weather cooperates. I will probably be there for carp day. And I will, of course, be there for the 500. I tell you what, well, let's, uh, let's hook up. So we won't have you on the show, but we'll have you on the show, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> we will definitely hook up next week down in Indianapolis. It should be a fun uh, fun show because uh, traditionally it, it's pretty much all uh, Indianapolis 500 next week on the show. So looking forward to uh, chatting with you in person next week, Dennis. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It'd be a fun time. Thanks for having me on as always, Steve. All right, coming up next, we'll have more updates from Indianapolis and get you up to speed on what is happening in Indianapolis 500 qualifying and more, uh, including Marcus Erickson, IndyCar driver, interview I did with him, and uh, Eddie Lapine uh, will be on the show. We'll be talking uh, Mario Andretti and some other interesting tidbits coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And just so you know, the summer the summer summit series uh, that was scheduled for this weekend has been canceled. And uh, however, they plan to do some open testing today and tomorrow, weather permitting. So make sure you stay up to date and uh, check out Great Lakes Dragway on their Facebook page, which is probably the one they update the most and is most up to date information. And also, you can check out GreatLakesDragway.com. So yeah, that summit thing might be canceled. It's still worth going out there today. Sure. Uh, you know, they're still going to have cars running up and down that track all day long. So, you know, just because uh, they canceled the summit with the impending weather that's expected, uh, it's no reason not to go out there. You know, you can still get your season pass. It pays for itself in three visits. Go eat some food. Uh, you know, next week... You know, Steve will be in Indianapolis, so feel free to hit Great Lakes Dragway as soon as they open. Uh, you know, even if you're there 15 minutes, buy a ton of food and bring it back here to the studio. I'm always hungry. Uh, <laughs> would be much appreciated. So, you know, still a great day to see some racing. You bet. Always fun. Always fun. So, uh, qualifying is continuing. Captain America, Ryan Hunter Ray uh, just qualified and uh, qualified, I think it was 22nd. So, Andretti Racing uh, just been struggling a bit. Uh, Chevys have been Chevys have been the strongest, and uh, it, it it's funny. I guess they were maybe playing a little bit of possum. Yeah, happens a lot. 
It happens so, a lot. Hondas look strong, then Chevys look strong, then Hondas look you know quick, and then uh, qualifying, and then boom, it's 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 Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. Yeah, it. Uh, you know, I think the bigger story is the guys that are struggling. Yeah. You know, we talked about uh, Hinchcliffe and Alonzo, Alonzo, Sage Karam, who actually hit the wall. Yeah, you left a nice little donut on the wall. He hit the wall about as hard as you can without having a. Mo- I'm sure he had a moment when he did it, but yeah, he's he's been uh, uh, not having fun. No, you know they. Uh, who did they throw in his car to test it? Uh, J.R. Hildebrand. Yeah, they put Hildebrand in the car. He ran it around the track. Said the car is fine. Um, he's having a confidence issue. Yeah, he he is. Uh, he's Indi- struggling, and you know Indianapolis is not where you want to have a confidence issue. Uh, no, no, it's not. Not at those speeds. Not with the prestige and the pressure that these guys are all under. You know, I you know it. it it's funny. It's always been this way. So this is nothing new, but you get the old codgers. Oh, yeah, these kids nowadays, you know, blah, blah, blah. Back in my day. And it's fun, funny is if you look into, like, an old indie uh, Floyd Clymer yearbook from, like, 1959, they'll have some drivers from the 30s and 40s in there seeing how much tougher they were than these kids nowadays. <laughs> so, you know, and it, it's always been that way. And whether it's baseball too, you know, I'm sure, you know, Ty Cobb was saying, oh, you know, you know Babe Ruth and these guys, uh, they don't have it. You know, they have it so much easy. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's always been that way. But anyways, you go into turn one at 230 plus miles an hour or a turn going into turn three at 200, uh, I think the high, think Ed Jones hit 240 on his uh, opening lap. And then you make that 90-degree uh, turn, I mean, that's moving. Yeah. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not putting pace laps down. These guys are flying. They're on the edge. You know, you're, you're inches away from disaster. And, uh, you know, disaster at 220, 230 mile an hour uh, could equal the ultimate. Disaster. If you get down to Indianapolis, let's say you go down to Carb Day, they the stands are if you notice uh, in turn four those stands are open. Uh-huh. If you ever sit in those, what's really cool is when you're looking because you're looking straight down the front straightaway, and you know where you really get the perception of speed is when you see the cars going to turn one, because it almost looks like they're dropping about ten. It's a little bit of an optical illusion. It almost looks like they're dropping about 10, 10 feet, and then you just break, break one way like a like a like a fighter jet. It is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, there's there's so many good spots, but yeah, that's a great spot to see the actual raw speed. You know, obviously, uh, with the camera work and HD and everything, I think it's helped out racing a ton. But there is no way that TV does justice on how fast these guys are going. It will blow your mind live if you haven't seen it. And, uh, you know, yeah, anybody, anybody would be all puckered up if we got in one of those cars and tried to do what these guys are doing. They had a shot of uh, Hinchcliffe earlier who, if you weren't listening earlier, had an incident during qualifying, hit the wall very hard in turn two. And um, they they had, uh, they had the, the camera the driver cam where they're looking up at the driver and they show, you know, they show the car coming off the wall and you see him in the, and you see the, the safety crew run up and I, I picked this up. You know, he kind of gives the thumbs up, you know, as they walk up 
and when you walk up when you're a safety crew guy you're always you always touch the helmet it's just kind of a reaction because you don't know you know, at that point, you know, if the driver is unconscious, you, you, you want to, you know, steady his head in that. But then they, they, they flipped up his visor. I thought that was because, like, it's like every, everybody who's hit the wall, you know, it's an incredible hit. I'm sure you got the wind knocked out of him. You hit the wall like he did. You're like sucking air. You're like, <gasps> I'm sure he was when, you know, he was able to kind of do the thumbs up. And I don't think he was, like I said, he didn't even lift up his, uh, his visor so yeah you know it just you know obviously yeah i know i've been in car accidents and everything like that there's no way i was going 220 230 when they happened uh but uh which thankfully but you know it it shakes you up man and uh you know at those speeds it's got to shake you up even more and you know you just these guys have they're special guys. I mean, they to, are. to do what you have to do what these guys do, it's you know, it's it's anything at this level. I don't care if it's if it's football, baseball. I mean, have you ever stood in a batter's cage? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and when you have balls flying past you at 90 miles an hour, it gets your attention, you know, and then to being able to slow it down enough and to basically try and hit it, not just swing wildly and just hoping for contact. But to be, you know, like they, 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 they all said that Ted Williams could almost read read the ball as it was coming in. You know, he could see the stitching move and everything. He was able to slow down things. That's why he was such a good hit, hitter. But, you know, a, a, anything, you know, like, just like watching the game last night, the basketball game, you know, it's you know you see it on TV, but when you're on floor level, you actually see the speed of these guys and how quick they can. And that one shot of Connaughton trying to block that shot, He's like four feet off the ground. You're like, holy cow! You know, even even the guys on TV are like, whoa, look at that! You know, so I mean, and 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 for these guys to have an incident like that and get right back into another car and throw yourself into a corner at 240 miles an hour, it's it's they're a special breed. Yeah, they are. They are the the size, the speed, you know, the danger, just everything. It uh, it's phenomenal, and and that's why we love this sport. Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, that, let, let's talk to one of those guys coming up next. We'll talk with Marcus Erickson, uh, who's actually James Hinchcliffe's uh, teammate uh, from Schmidt-Peterson uh, Motorsports. Uh, I had a chance to speak speak with him when I was down in Indianapolis, and we'll find out what's, uh, how is he handling the transition to an oval from, his, uh, from racing in Formula One like he did last year. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Steve Zockey on the Final Inspection show with Marcus Erickson, driver of the Errol Schmidt Peterson Motorsports car. And uh, Marcus, fresh from Formula One. And uh, David Hobbs is a friend of the show. And we followed your career through uh, F1, and and we were just mentioning on the on the show last week. In fact, I think we might have mentioned your name. If there's not a right in Formula One, it's not like it was maybe a few years ago going to F1 or going from F1 to IndyCar. It's not necessarily a step down. That the IndyCar we felt was a little bit higher 
regarding the world of motorsports. Is that something you felt? I don't know. I mean, I like to not compare too much the two series. I think both are, are great in their own way. I think from a driver perspective, it's been it's been a great way for me to sort of show what I can do coming to IndyCar. I think it's it's more of a driver's championship. Uh, obviously, with one-spec cars, it's, uh, it's more about the driver and the team and not so much about how big a team you're in, how much, you know money you have to build a, a good car right. and I think that's something that if you're not in one of the top teams in Formula 1 it makes it quite difficult to show what you what you can do out there on track so for me that's been the biggest thing coming to, to IndyCar and, and racing here that you know you have a bigger chance and the field you know the competition is so intense you know you have the whole field covered in a second and usually in a, in a qualifying session which is uh, pretty impressive. What's the biggest uh, change between the two uh, whether it's competition or just that maybe you have a better chance with the with the cars the way they're set up now across the field. I suppose what you had to go through last year. Or yeah, I think the biggest thing is just that every weekend everyone that goes to the race have a chance to win. You know, whereas in Formula One I did five years in bottom to middle part of the field teams, and mm-hmm. you never once had a, had the chance to win. You know, and that's something that's uh, it's tough to accept when you go up to all your tr- career and trying to win races, and then you arrive to the top level and you cannot do it so that's been tough uh, when i was in formula one and that's what's been very exciting come to, to indycar that you know yes it's very very tough and all the drivers teams is super high level but for sure there is a chance if you do everything right uh, to be on the, that podium and to win races what's the, the thing you like the most about the current spec car i think the the way that it, it's a very difficult car to to control it's moving around a lot it doesn't have a lot of downforce so it means you as a driver have to work it a lot and it's really like you know you see it on boards and you have to be really working that thing out there and that's uh, really enjoyable and uh, yeah i really like that is the comfort level going from race to race have you, have you felt yourself getting more comfortable with the cars and set up and working with the team yeah 100 percent. i think you know it, this year is a learning curve and uh, I feel like every race that takes steps there understanding the car and the series more and more I feel like we we've shown in the races uh, that we can be very very strong and fight with the with the top of the field uh, we've had a bit of problems in qualifying I'm still struggling a bit to understand the tires on, on new rubber over one lap so we're working on that at the moment and I feel like when we can get that sorted we should be right up there and fight for, for podiums and victories and uh, how was Ricky orientation program and the big oval it was good, yeah. I mean, I had the test in Texas a uh, week before that, so that was good just to get sort of my first old experience. So when I went into the Rocky orientation, it was, uh, was I w- you can never say easy, but it was, uh, you know, easier than uh, if I would have gone straight into it. But for sure, it was very special. You know, turn my first laps on the speedway here was a special moment. So, yeah, uh, nice way to start a month. Having uh, James Hinchcliffe and Robert Wickens as teammates, have you been able to lean on them for uh, any for like regarding chassis setups or working you through any difficulties so far this year? Yeah, a lot. I think you know James is there all the time. He's very helpful and and he's very open and he's been helping me a lot getting up to speed. When I did my first uh, oval test in Texas, he was there with me and helping me all the time. So it's it's been very good for me to have that uh, experience from him. And then with Robbie, you know, we're speaking on the phone a lot about different things. And obviously he went through this whole process last year. Right. So he has a lot of good advice to give me. So I've been very lucky to have both of them there to, to help me uh, with all aspects. What's your goals for the year and the IndyCar series? I want to win a race this year and try and be up there in the, in the field as much as possible. I think championship position is difficult to say, but 
we definitely have the potential to win a race, so that's the goal. Best of luck this year at Indianapolis. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll talk with Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com, talk some Mario Andretti and more Indianapolis 500. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Back to the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is from RacingNation.com. Eddie Lapine, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, Jeff? How you doing, Steve? We're doing fantastic, and uh, it's it's getting warm in Indiana, at least. Uh, getting hot in, in uh, during qualifying down in Indianapolis. I think it's in the 80s down there. We're starting to warm up here a, a bit finally, even though it's a bit overcast. And uh, Kyle Kaiser from Yunko's Racing just qualified, and uh, they put in a, a yeoman's uh, effort uh, getting uh, their backup car uh, ready to qualify after his incident. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before uh, when he had a heavy Wednesday. impact? In, yeah, turn three. No, I was Alonzo, I think, was on Wednesday. And uh, it, it's... Uh, just for them to put a car together, that's that's pretty good. Especially you know uh, a team like that that's uh, uh, underfunded and kind of scraping uh, together to get everything ready. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he has the speed to make the race. But uh, Eddie, how are things going down in Florida for you? Oh, wonderful! Yeah, it's uh, weather's wonderful as usual. Um, just getting ready for the biggest spectacle in the world. You betcha. Week. And, uh, of course, this year uh, in Indianapolis, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of uh, Mario Andretti's uh, win in 1969 with the Bronner Hawk in that. And, uh, you know, everybody talks about Andretti luck at Indianapolis. And, of course, Michael Andretti had his struggles there, uh, but has won, uh, I think, three or four times now as a car owner. Uh, Marco Andretti had victory snatched a couple times from him. Uh, one by a teammate and once by a Sam Hornish. But, uh, of course, Andretti uh, Mario had, was in had numerous opportunities to win the race, especially in 80, 1987 when he had the car to beat. And I think he led 170 of the 200 laps, but unfortunately had a, a problem uh, late in the race. But uh, a, a lot of people, including me, kind of speculate that maybe uh, he used up all his luck when he won in 1969 because that Bronner Hawk uh, didn't even have a uh, uh, gearbox oil uh, when he was done in that race. <laughs> when you look at that car and you look at the aerodynamics of the car too, um, you know, he definitely had to drive the car, but, you know, it made it. He won. Unbelievable. It wasn't um, even his primary. And- that was his backup car, the – the the, exactly. the Lotus he was supposed to drive was by far the fastest car, although uh, it was a bit uh, sketchy uh, uh, with you know reliability, and eventually it bit him in practice when they uh, uh, when he had an upright brake and he crashed heavily. So hey, I just saw your buddy on uh, uh, George Steinbrenner on uh, TV here with after Colton Herta qualified with his uh, 
Than, uh, Avengers Thanos glove on. I, I, I think uh, I think that's something you should have when you come up to Road America this year. <laughs> I'll work on it, Steve. Good for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, is 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 that something? Maybe I, you know, there's no, you know, I don't believe in in luck per se. But you know, I mean, it seems like he he did use up all his luck to get that one win at sixty nine. Well, I mean, there was numerous times. I mean, the Danny Sullivan, the spin and win, uh, was another one. Yeah, that's another one, yep. Uh, he left off the table that, you know, I mean, it, I think Mario was like, oh, I'm going to win this when he saw him fly, spinning in front of him. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess some of it you could look at it that way. Um, he won a lot of other things. But yeah. I guess that's eluded him. And it's same with Michael. I mean, he, Michael Andretti is the most – uh, he has led the most laps at Indy. He's any of any driver, and he never won it. Um, it's kind of, I'm sure it's uh, tough because they really hold that one as a crown jewel, definitely. Uh, and and there's a lot of memorabilia down in Indianapolis celebrating a win. Just how iconic is that STP logo, the Diglo red, and and uh, you know the Andretti name and, mm-hmm. and racing memorabilia. Well, it is. I mean, it, it was an era with Andy Granatelli and it, people, you know, I think Indianapolis is really because of what Mario has done in the last, you know, even from when he's retired now, 20 years, what he's contributed to IndyCar racing. I think it's kind of like what Indy's paying him back for doing all of that. I mean, when you look at highlight reels and you know when mario jumped back in michael's car and ran and flipped uh the 7-eleven car at indianapolis and next week he was at milwaukee i mean just the the andretti name and what mario has contributed to motorsports and to the indianapolis motor speedway is amazing and i think you're seeing that this year i mean I was online at Indianapolis store uh, and I purchased a few items. They had some bobbleheads and, you know, they're just going all out. And I think it's just kind of like uh, a thing that they're doing to show how much Mario has meant to the sport and to Indianapolis. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, uh, Getting to modern times, Fernando Alonso uh, has been struggling along with Team McLaren, especially after their crash on Wednesday. Is this showing just how difficult uh, Indianapolis can be? Well, I said before they went there, I I, I knew Fernando was not going to have an easier uh, – I, I mean, it was going to be a hard time going back there this year with a new team. Uh, last year he came there with Andretti Autosport and had all the right people in place. And as you well know, Indy, you need the right people and in the engineering department uh, as well as the driver. And Fernando's a good driver, and, you know, they're, they're going to do good when it comes to the race. But, you know, the qualifying and getting behind the eight ball by wrecking a car, uh, it's, it's not going to help them. Um, and I think that's what you see with, newer teams with trying to put people in place just and and just doing the one-off race i think that's very difficult uh for them to go there and just sure. do a one-off race well especially today and when I they think it, 
Well, it's, it's sorry, especially today you know, when he qualified, then he comes in the pits and then they look afterwards and they find that the right rear has a puncture. So, you know, that that, that doesn't bode well. So uh, I'm sure he'll be out there to requalify. It was, they had a shot of uh, of um, of the powers to be with McLaren uh, talking with uh, Roger Penske and Tim Sendrick, who's also a Chevy, you know, Chevy driver. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if maybe there's some deals made or maybe uh, from setup notes or something. But I, I, you know, Chevrolet definitely would like to see uh, Alonso in the 500. Yeah, well, especially when you think about how much money they're making trying to make this happen to yep. beat Honda. So, and I think Chevrolet definitely. Uh, is in a lo- lot better place than we thought, but you know the race is going to be different. It, it's going to, you know, 500 miles, and you're going to see the Hondas, and and the weather is going to play a factor, as you're seeing right now, with the heat there. Um, Spencer Pickett's the fastest guy right now with a 230 right now. Yeah, it it, it certainly is, and uh, yeah, let's take a look at the 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 drivers at the back of the field currently right now. Uh, you know, we got Jordan King, uh, not too much of a surprise. Nothing against Jordan King. It's his first time on an oval. Kyle Kaiser, of course, who had that accident. Uh, ben Hanley uh, with Dragon Speed, which we'll, we'll be talking to more uh, in a moment here. Patricio Ward is a bit of a of a surprise, but he also, uh, once again, uh, hit the wall earlier. I think these are uh, guys that just wanted to get their banker laps. It is interesting that, that uh, Kaiser... Patricio Ward, Alonzo, of course, is in that bottom six. The three of those drivers were involved in an accident, and I think it was more of a case of, of of just wanting to get a time, and then if they and then work on uh, later in the in the day improving on that time. And then the the, the guy that's kind of snake bit at this point is uh, Sage Karam. So uh, we'll we'll have to see how this uh, unfolds as as uh, Ben Hanley looks like. Uh, uh, might be making a qualifying attempt because it looks like they have gone through the line. So now from this point on, they'll be able to requalify and improve on their times. But uh, Dragon Speed—that's a—that's a team you're you're, you're familiar with. Uh, they've raced uh, IMSA in a World Endurance Championship. Tell us a bit about uh, Dragon Speed, Eddie. Well, I think they got—you know—I mean, they're going about it the right way. I think they're making slow steps and trying to get their feet wet in this sport. And Eric Lux, who runs the operation, I mean, they're well-known worldwide, and they can bring some uh, sponsorship money worldwide in, into the U.S. And I think they got, a, you know, they got a very good organization, and they're taking their time to get acclimated to the sport, and they're doing it slow. And I, I think, you know, they're... They could possibly be somebody, you know, it's like you look at Michael Shank racing. Everybody was like, you know, when he went over to Indy mm-hmm. car racing for sports car racing, it, it, it's one of those things where you have to put the right people in place and have the right people to run the operation to make you excel and be better. And you saw how it, it worked, uh, Jack. Uh, Jack Harvey uh, finished uh, third last week or uh, last week at the Grand Prix in Indianapolis and it was amazing you know that's Michael Shank we've had him on the radio show and and he's just a great guy and 
it was a dream for him. And now you're seeing that with other forms and other teams coming across and, and trying to IndyCar racing. And I think with Dragon Speed, you're going to see them just like Michael Shank. They're very good organizations, and you're going to see them uh, be around for a while too. Yeah, and uh, John Dick has joined the the, the team. Uh, John Dick's been around uh, for many years on the IndyCar paddock, and he brings a lot of experience, and uh, they brought him in for the month of May to help them uh, navigate through all the pitfalls that, that can occur to a, especially a young team like Dragon Speed during the month of May. And uh, John Dick was actually the, the, the team manager and uh, chief mechanic for um, uh, Deatley Racing when David Hobbs won the Trans Am Championship in 1983. So he's been around uh, the world of motorsports for a while. So that helps, uh, you know, bringing in uh, somebody that kind of knows their way around uh, in, in IndyCar. And John Dick is definitely one of those people. Uh, going back to Team McLaren, you know, I thought it was interesting that uh, earlier in the day and late yesterday, they had reported that McLaren had had offers of help of of uh, you know Chevy teams wanting to help them out and and uh, uh, you know Zach uh, what uh, was saying you know no no we 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 have everything here you know we're fine we're fine and is is that something that maybe maybe they should have taken uh, some of the help and and or, or is this is this a kind of a situation that we had with Team Penske in '95? when they weren't uh, getting the speed there and, and they were pushing away the help early on when in fact, maybe if they would have brought in help and, 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 you know, listen to some of the other teams, they could have made the field. Well, I think, I think you got a point. I mean, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to look at it after the race on Monday next week and, and go, we should have probably, gotten some more input from people and and maybe brought somebody else you know i mean you think you know everything and if you don't have the right people in place you gotta take input and if penske is willing to give you input i mean you can't get any better people and sure. chevrolet and 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 roger penske and team penske to get any type of input from them because um, you know chevrolet this is a Chevrolet deal, and Chevrolet wants Fernando Alonso to do well here. And not that they don't want Penske to do well, but they want the whole Chevrolet brand to do well for the for the race. Right. Because I think it's just very important. I mean, I'm sure Roger wants to put another trophy on his, on his mantle. And uh, I think when you look at the teams and when you go into the race, Roger Penske, even if they're not up front, they're always going to be a factor in the race. And I think with a new team, they don't have all those pieces put together. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a hard call right now because they want to prove to the, everybody that they're doing this on their own and they put this team together and they want to prove to Chevrolet that they can do it by themselves. So, I mean, it, it's a catch 22. Yeah, it certainly is. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll give, uh, get you guys another update with qualifying in Indianapolis. And then we'll also get predictions for, uh, tonight's all-star race and, uh, predictions for the poll that may occur today. 
uh, if uh, things get washed out t- tomorrow because uh, there is a chance of rain. What they want to do uh, if the weather is suspect tomorrow, they want to make sure they get the field set. So they want to make sure they get the field of 33 set tomorrow well, whenever they can. And then if not, uh, or then if if if, if uh, weather permitting, then they'll, they'll get the qualifying for the Fast 9. Uh, tomorrow at Indianapolis. So let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more Indy car racing with Eddie Lapine and Jeff Orlowski running the control on the final inspection show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and the David Hobbs Honders joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Eddie, what's the latest at RacingNation.com? Well, if you saw Jack Webster got a nice uh, write-up in a European magazine for Porsche. Uh, so he's he's the rock star this week. Yeah, definitely. He- and 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 Jack is just one of the the, the best out there. Quality uh, uh, motorsports photographer has been doing it for over forty years and class act. I always enjoy his work at uh, RacingNation.com and elsewhere. So, and uh, if you've been up to Elkhart Lake, you probably saw a racing pilot sticker somewhere. Maybe it's Seepkins or somewhere. That's that's Jack. So. I was looking forward to that. A little bit of controversy right now at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Sage Karam was uh, qualifying, and we've been uh, talking about his struggles throughout the month and his ability to find some speed and was running uh, in the high 225s. And then on his uh, fourth lap, a yellow flag came out, and uh, speculation that it was the crew actually was the race director. And needless to say, the team and the driver aren't too happy about it. So uh, we'll have to see what what is uh, occurring here and why that is. So a um, little bit of controversy. Hey, Eddie, what's Indianapolis without a little bit of controversy from the officiating, right? Well, exactly. Well, you saw <laughs> Colton Herta just qualified, uh, and he pulled off after two laps. So, I mean, people are jockeying. You know, they, they want to lay that good lap down for the day. Right, Marco and Andretti. Think, yeah, but- Yep, Marco Andretti is about to go out uh, now, and uh, he's trying to uh, – disappointing first run for him. Uh, he was, I think, the second or third guy to qualify. And uh, it, was, it was like, ah, uh, maybe there isn't uh, – maybe Chevys are the strongest car because uh, Honda certainly is, is not looking to be the package right now. We'll see what uh, Andretti Racing and uh, Marco Andretti can uh, counter with with his second attempt today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think I think the Chevrolets are a lot more powerful, I think, today in the heat. And I think Ed Carpenter Racing, 
every year he always is, you know, he's always at the forefront with getting a good lap at Indy. Yeah. So. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, what, what, um, and, uh, yeah, the wind is actually now pushing out of the, that uh, would be out of the Southwest. So it's something, uh, so they're getting a bit of a headwind coming down the front straightaway, but turn two, uh, that makes turn two just that much, uh, trickier with the, with the wind as hard as it's blowing right now in uh, Indianapolis. Well, any type of, you know, well, wind at Indy. Right. Your flat foot. Especially with these cars on the edge as they are. And, um, let's to go to, uh, predictions. We have the NASCAR, uh, Winston open and also the all-star race, uh, tonight. And. Oh, there's a NASCAR race. Yes. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> I was, I was more caught up in the Milwaukee Bucks winning last night. Actually. How about that? Good to I, see the Bucks I, I winning. Was, and uh, it's and, been. And I was just, I was just talking to my dad too because we went to the 1971 championship game and our tickets were nine dollars uh, for lower bowl seats. And I thought if you paid nine dollars now, you'd probably get your car stolen for parking. I yeah, I don't even think that would cover parking right now. No, no, not at all. Not, I mean, nine dollars? You'd be lucky if. I think a parking meter would be more expensive. Yeah. So we got, we have Clint Boyer on the pole and Kyle Busch on the front row of the uh, All-Star game to uh All-Star race tonight at Charlotte. Jeff, who do you like in there? Uh I'm going to take Kyle Busch. I'll go chalk this week. Kyle Busch. Yeah, he stole my guy. I was going to take him. Yeah, he won the truck race last night and uh you know, I think uh he'll get it done yet again. Here, Eddie, I'll give you the top 10 here. We got uh, Clint Boyer, Kyle Busch, and then second row we have Carvick and uh, and Dil- Austin Dillon and then Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Newman in the sixth car. Uh, then we got Jones, Johnson, and Blaney and Logano. So. I like – I'm going to go with Happy Harvick. Happy Harvick. I like that pick. Hey, he won last year. Yeah, he did. Um Decisions, decisions. That's, you don't know, huh? So you didn't. No, I'll go with boy. Uh, see, the poll winner can't win. It's, uh, I'll take Logano. I love his smiling face. That's a good pick. He's always quick. Yeah, he is. So, you know, if he doesn't uh, wreck three quarters of the field, he'll uh, he'll be in contention to win. Who do you like for the poll today down in Indianapolis, Eddie? Man, I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I've been watching this, and I just can't. I, I gotta say that I, I like the Ed Carpenter thing here. I, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, two thirty is is gonna be the number, and uh, I don't know. Now with the weather changing, with the wind and the heat, and that trick's gonna get slick, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I gotta go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Spencer Pickett. How's that? Spencer Piggott. All right. I will go with Will Power. Total chalk. Yeah. I'll give uh, Jeff, you want to go with Ed Jones? No. No, no, no. no. Uh, Ed Carpenter. No. Joseph Newgarden. No. Um, 
Colton Herta. No. Marco Andretti. Pimple Man. No. Rossi. No. Alexander Rossi. Bourdais. No. Pagano. Ding, 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 ah, ding, 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 Okay. Yeah, talked to him, uh, what, <laughs> last week? He won the race last week, and uh, he's going to keep it going and uh, and get parked in the pole position for the 500, the flying Frenchman, Simon Pagano. I, I, I like that pick. I, I think he's definitely, after last week, he's got some momentum, and it was his birthday yesterday. So, See, everything's coming up, Simon. Except he's still yeah. French, but he can't. He can't do nothing about that. That was a hell of a drive last on, last week. It was. Wow. That was. That was. That was one hell of a drive. Clinic. That was awesome. You know, you want to talk about a thrilling finish? Oh man! Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Eddie, what did you think oh, of no, Simon's no. performance last week? I'm sorry. What oh, did you I think, think of Simon's think performance? I think it was awesome. I think it was, you know, I mean, everybody's been talking like he's the odd man out. And, you know, I mean, the guy won a championship for Roger, and he, he's a race winner. And, you know, people were getting a little bit down on him. And it was a hell of a drive last week. And it was a hell that was a good race. I felt bad for Dixon. But, uh, I mean, you know, Scott Dixon is going to be, you know, I mean, he's, what finished five, uh, sec, second place five times this year already, and that's pretty early in the season for him to do that. He's going to be looking pretty good at the end of the year, definitely. All right, very so, good, Eddie. Well, we certainly appreciate you uh, joining the show, and we will chat again. Uh, probably not next week, but uh, we'll we'll definitely keep in touch here as uh, we'll be in Indianapolis next week, and then the following week in Iowa. Uh, Eddie, thanks I'll for joining. I'll be looking forward to everything. Steve from Indy. All right. That's Eddie Lapine of RacingNation.com. On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local, common sense lending to your community since 1935. We'll talk to you next week from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 